the text doesn't say what we just read it to say. Jesus doesn't say, sleep and take your rest later on. Verse 45 doesn't have the words, later on. Jesus actually says something more like, sleep on and rest. Shh, go back to sleep. I'm not sure why the translations don't pull this out, but they don't. In the middle of the garden, in the middle of sorrow, in the middle of trouble and trial, Jesus is not sounding an alarm. He sings to his friends a lullaby. What Jesus does here is very much like a parent standing over a child at night, loving that helpless one in ways unknown to anyone but the lover, putting a hand on the sleeping head and being pleased that this one doesn't have to be bothered. Sleep on and rest, he sings to them. Jesus had brought with him into the inner chambers of the garden his three friends, Peter and James and John. And in verse 38, he says to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. That watch or keep watch does not mean keep a lookout for Judas the traitor. It means pray against falling into temptation. Pray that God's glory wins in you and not your sin this night and the days following. Fight off sleep and fight off temptation. But he knows that they won't make it. So he tucks them into bed under an arbor and he goes off to pray by himself. They cannot stay awake with him so he stays awake for them sleep on and rest in verse 40 Jesus comes back from praying and he finds the three sleeping and he shakes Peter awake and says so could you not watch with me even one hour it's not that Jesus was surprised and it's not that Jesus was disappointed he knew They'd be curled up together, spooning. He said it for Peter's benefit. He was revealing Peter to himself because Peter had said earlier in verse 35, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And James and John had said that they could drink the cup of sorrow Jesus will drink The same cup Jesus has asked the Father to take from him. And finally, he resigns himself to drink it down to the last stomach-turning mouthful for the glory and the love of the Father. But oh yes, James and John are sure they can drink this cup with Jesus. These three who think they can drink and die with Jesus can't even keep their eyes open Sleep on and rest. In verse 43, Jesus comes and finds them sleeping a second time. And this time he says nothing to them. He doesn't even bother to wake them. 
sleep on and rest. And this sleepy scene in Gethsemane has a distant cousin in the Old Testament. In Genesis 15, when God put Abraham into a deep sleep. Through a dreamy haze and under leaden eyelids, Abraham watched a form of fire passing between the halves of animals, the victims of the covenant. If Abraham had been awake, he would have wanted to walk between the butchered carcasses. He would have been calling down curses upon himself, saying, Let me be butchered if I fail to keep this covenant with you, O Lord, if I fail to love you perfectly or to offer up to you perfect loyalty Let me be split in half from head to toe. But God's covenant is a covenant of grace, not a covenant of sure and consuming guilt. So God put Abraham to sleep, and God walked the road of blood alone. He walked the road of Abraham's curse by himself. And now... In this garden carved out of the side of the Mount of Olives with Jesus and his friends, God is keeping his promise to Abraham. Here in the garden, Abraham is still not walking through the splayed animals and he still doesn't have to spill his own blood for guilt. And so Jesus goes into the garden, into prayer, into temptation, into suffering and misery alone, and he leaves his friends whom he loves in their weakness to sleep. They cannot go with him into his hour. They cannot put their lips to his cup. They cannot walk the road of blood with him as they've bragged of doing with their mouths full of lamb and their bellies full of courage from the wine of the Passover feast in the upper room. They cannot go with Him into the coldness and the darkness of the tomb. This is where they belong. He will go for them, but He will go alone. Sleep on and rest. And even where Jesus does wake his disciples, in the middle of verse 45, they're only half awake, like Abraham. They'll sleepwalk through the next three days, night terrors of Peter swinging a sword and chopping off an enemy ear, and Jesus in chains, and disciples scattering and running through the dark garden, and Peter in the priest's courtyard, unable to save his Messiah, And all of them standing at Golgotha, watching their crucified Savior, saving them from the bottom side of Abraham's unworn curse, from the underside of the mysteriously gracious soul of God's boot. Three days, they'll stumble through a nightmare they cannot wake up from but it won't stay a nightmare and they won't stay asleep. They will awaken and so will we. The crosses are coming awake. The cross is our eyes snapping open to see our hearts and to see our sin 
and to see the idols that we're continually dreaming up for ourselves, craving and adoring idols made to serve us, made for us to serve. The cross is our waking up from the nightmare of ourselves. The cross is our waking up to the staggering love of Jesus. It is our realizing that we could not have walked with Jesus the 40 days of temptation in the wilderness. And we could not have prayed and sweated with Him in the garden. And we could not have stood before Caiaphas and Pilate and the angry mob. We are Caiaphas and Pilate and the angry mob and the cowering, unbelieving disciples too. We could not have followed Jesus into His death where His work was to worship and suffer simultaneously. So He leaves us curled up, sleeping, to show us that what He asks us to give up What Jesus asks us to give up is our strength for His. Sleep on, Peter. Your strength is no good and your boasts are fiction. What He asks us to give up is our kingdoms for His. Sleep on, James, and rest, John, When you wake, the kingdom you have dreamed of will have come. But Jesus asks us to give up. Is our sacrifice for His? Sleep on, church. You cannot make the holy sacrifice. He must sacrifice Himself to make you holy. And when He does, wear His holiness. Stop trying to wear your own. Your small Lenten sacrifices do not match what Jesus gives us and shows us in this passage. And whatever you may feel about them, know this, Jesus never asked for them He never asked you to give these things. These things don't put you to death. They don't redeem you. They don't recreate you. They're not filled with His heart. They don't pull tears from His eyes. And they don't win His smile. But Christ on the cross for you does all of this. Sleep from your strength, sleep from your contributions to His salvation church. And when you wake up from your sleep and stand at His glorious cross, you will have faith and you will have worship and you will have suffering. True suffering. Not faux suffering like a holy accessory, not fashionable suffering, designer suffering, the kind you can chat up with a friend over a cup of coffee, but real daily suffering, 
that comes because his gospel is an insult to our world and our lives are being built on that same insulting gospel. That's suffering, to treasure what is hated and to be hated with it. The cross is our sitting up out of a deadening sleep into the bright dawn of Christ's love a day we did not plan, a day we cannot give to ourselves. It's a day we can only stumble into, rubbing our eyes, amazed at what Jesus brings out of this day to give to us. Sleep on, church. Rest deep. And when you wake up, your life, your heart, your thinking, your speech, your movement will be filled with His cross, with His grace, with His love, with His forgiveness, with His recreation, with an untimid hope, with an unfragile peace. And this waking in the cross is yours every day. Every day Jesus holds His cross over you. It is not yours more when the spring rolls around or when the church calendar arbitrarily says, now it's time for us to think with concentration on the cross. Jesus does not follow the church calendar. The cross is the calendar that Jesus lives by. Jesus never stops thinking of you in light of His cross. Jesus never stops willing His cross to fill up your life. And the resurrection? That is His refusal to allow us to be lulled back to sleep. If you awake, then Jesus will wake you. He will wake you from your blindness and your numbness, and your childishness and foolishness, like Peter's and James's and John's, saying, Jesus, this is what I will give you. This is what I have for you. He'll wake you from the heaviness of relying on your own flesh. He will wake you from the bad dream, the night terrors of striving and performing and failing and self-justifying in endless slavish cycles and he will wake you from the dark and the cold of overpowering temptations and easy desertions and flimsy alibis Jesus will wake you fully with his cross but until then dream this Jesus fights for you so you can wake in him but for now Sleep on and rest.